It's Hayward pulling it down, getting around Zubat at midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in! Almost went in, and Duke is the king of the dance. It's time for the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast with your favorite Canadian, Kenneth Cotterman. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast, part of the Blue Collar Media Group. I'm your host, Kenneth Cotterill, and uh, it's been an eventful uh, last couple of days with the NFL draft going on, so we figured we should put an episode out, and I figured no better guest to have on than Miles Bloomquist. You can find him on Twitter, at the Phantom Jazzy. He's the head of the NFC South Draft and Fantasy Expert for the Timeskew Pod, as well as the host of the Institute of Drafting, so I figured he was a pretty reliable source to bring on here to uh, discuss the NFL draft. Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kenny. How are you, my man? Oh, I'm doing good, man. It's awesome. I'm pretty pumped with my Cowboys draft, and we'll definitely be getting into that in a little bit. So, uh, you yeah. know, we actually, funny enough, we recorded episode 28 yesterday, and we're recording episode 27 today. So uh, this one's going to be heading out first on Monday. But uh, we're basically just going to do a quick uh, quick. Uh, go through the divisions. We're going to look at uh, each division. Uh, we're going to say who had the best draft and who had the worst draft in each division. And then uh, also go into a little bit of detail on uh, where we think the division's ultimately going to head this year. So to get things started, we're going to start in the AFC East. And uh, Miles, who did you think had the best draft in the AFC East? Well, I swear I'm not sucking up here, but I do think that it's not as great big of a margin as a lot of people think, but the Cowboys didn't win the NFC East, in my opinion. Um, they missed on a couple picks. Uh, I didn't like their last pick, which was, uh, I think it was a quarterback. Um, and I didn't like the Reggie Robinson pick. So uh, for me, that's the only reason that they didn't get an A-plus there. I mean, I loved the Lamb pick. I loved the Gallimore pick. I loved the that they picked up Bradley and A. Like, that was huge. Um, they got a lot of guys that slid to them, so they got very lucky. Uh, yeah, Ben DiNucci was their last pick. Um, you know, maybe a developmental guy, um, but sure as hell, they got a franchise center. They got a great starting corner to replace Byron Jones. They've got a wide receiver who should have gone at the uh, who should have been the first wide receiver gone, but um, obviously the Raiders decided to fluff that one up. Um, overall, I think the Cowboys had an excellent draft, uh, but yeah, I think just the Reggie Robinson pick was a bit of a mess. Yeah, I I think Dallas did have a great draft. I thought about having them as my best draft here, but I think the Giants had a pretty solid draft overall. I'm looking at the fact that they got two tackles, which, I mean, they spent first rounders on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and at least they're starting to build up that O-line a bit and start to protect these guys. So while I think Dallas did a great job of adding guys like Lamb to the lineups, so they have a deep threat, they addressed corner. I think the Giants overall, they drafted a lot of defense and then some O-line help. So I think based off of the Giants had the best draft, so that would be my thoughts on that one. Who do you think had the worst draft in the NFC East? Well, 
I'd say the Giants are down there, but not not quite to the Eagles were. But the, my main concern with the Giants is, you know, they had a great start to the draft. They hit on Andrew Thomas, which I, a lot of people were like, oh, why would you take on Thomas? Thomas is the most pretty pro-ready offensive tackle in this draft class. He doesn't have the highest ceiling, but he's going to come in right away. And the Giants are looking to be competitive as soon as they get out of the gate because Dave Gittleman's ass is on the hot seat. Xavier McKinney was an awesome steal. Uh, he should have been gone by freaking pick 20. Uh, but he was still there at 36. They grab an awesome starting safety there. Uh, you're right. They've got some O-line help with Shane Lemieux and Matt Pert. Uh, two, two instant starters right there. Uh, Lemieux will plug in at right guard opposite Will Hernandez, and Matt Pert will probably slot in as the right tackle, which they've really been struggling at. My main concern here is the straight run on linebackers that they had. Linebacker Cam Brown, linebacker Carter Coughlin, linebacker TJ Brunson, linebacker Tate Crowder. How many linebackers do you need to draft <laughs> when you need more edge rushers and you need more D-line? That's why I put it down there. But for me, nothing was worse. There's only one draft worse than the Philadelphia Eagles draft. The regroup pick was a reach. I think Mims should have gone there instead or obviously Justin Jefferson. Uh, but even Mims would have made a lot more sense there. Jalen Hurts, uh, it was my low light for them because they're jeopardizing an amazing career here just to have him either be the backup or a gadget player. And that's soul crushing to me. The only way this works out and makes Howie Roseman look like a genius is if Carson Wentz gets hurt, Jalen Hurts comes in, he starts, he takes it over. He outperforms Wentz and then he wins the starting job and Wentz gets shipped out. That's the only way this works out well for them. But I just, it could happen with Wentz's injury history, but you, that's not as solid of a second round pick as it should be. Um, I didn't like the other wide receiver and linebacker picks that they had. Um, I, I don't like John Hightower. I don't like Quez Watkins. I think that those were a bit misses there. How many, how much speed do you need? Eventually you need to get a guy that can catch the ball. Um, but like I said, the linebackers, I don't mind Sean Bradley. I think the Casey two Hill pick was a bit of a bit of a reach. I think we could have gotten one of the, you know, 30,000 linebackers, the giants drafted there. So, uh, like TJ Brunson would have been a better pick. Uh, I really like TJ Brunson. So overall, I think the Eagles missed a lot, but they did hit on a couple things like Kavon Wallace and Davion Taylor and Jack Driscoll. Oh, and Prince Tega want to go in the seventh round was a massive steal. Yeah, I did like, I think the Eagles draft isn't quite as bad as people said, but it was definitely the worst one in the division. I too liked Jefferson way more than Rieger. Uh, I think them bringing in Goodwin too, like now they're just looking to run like Olympic track with all of these guys that are speed guys. So, I mean, they just need to find guys with solid hands and yeah, Jalen hurts is, I just was confused. Why are you taking a quarterback in the second round for a team that, you know, could be a win now team, you know, with Carson Wentz, if he's a hundred percent, then, uh, you could have found a backup later on down the road, in my opinion. I think it would have been it would have made more sense for them there. But uh, yeah, I think the Eagles definitely had the worst draft based off of how the draft ended up panning out in the NFC East. Who would you think is the favorite going into this year? Well, I mean, it's like the Eagles could have easily stacked up and gone back and you know they won the division last year so they were in the best position to stack up here and make it run out again but they missed uh the cowboys obviously had a fantastic draft the redskins i think will be a little more competitive same with the giants uh, it's definitely not going to be as shitty of a division as it was last year i think you're going to see a lot more competition there um the giants especially with the with their first four picks or, or not their first five picks were straight hits with o-line and um 
uh, and and then the secondary with Darnay Holmes and Xavier McKinney there. So I think the Giants and Daniel Jones, if Daniel Jones can take that big year two leap, it's going to be a, a really competitive division. I think the Giants have the biggest improvement overall. Um, but I think that the Cowboys probably still have the best chance just seeing that they had such a great draft and they were what, like one or two games away. Yeah, they, they were pretty close to winning the division. I think Garrett's play calling was really questionable in, in a lot of those games. It seemed like he was playing not to lose instead of playing to win. So I think bringing in mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy will bring in a bit more of a winning attitude to the to the team. I think the, the Lamb pick was great. I think, yeah, solid draft. Philly definitely should have had a better draft. Like, I think that they could have had a shot at really dominating the division if they had a better draft. So, I mean, it's a two-horse race in the NFC East. Everyone knows it. Like, while Washington and the Giants will be better, I think it's clear that the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to be vying the win to the division. One of them might have a shot at the wild card, but the NFC is so stacked that you never really know there. So, uh, I'm going to pick my Cowboys, obviously, to win the division, because um, how can you not? Uh, next up, we'll move over to the NFC South. This is your division, being that you are a Falcons fan. You'll see on our future episode that Miles really is in-depth with his uh, Falcons draft. But uh, who do you think had the best draft overall in the NFC South? Um, I got to like Tampa's draft a lot. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and be as objective as this as possible. But um, for me, Tampa had a pretty decent draft. Um, I gave them an A grade. Tristan Wirfs falling to them at 13 was a huge pickup. Uh, they also grabbed a great secondary guy in Antoine Winfield Jr., a guy that probably could have gone first round but was more likely going to go at the top of the second. But with the way the safeties fell, they landed him at 45. A big steal was Tyler Johnson at 161. I mean, they've already got Chris Godwin, and they've got Mike Evans and O.J. Howard and Gronk. Now they got a solid slot guy in Tyler Johnson. Um, that's a really underrated, underrated weapon. I think he can be a key piece in that Buccaneers offense. Um, the running back pick, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, it's okay. I, I have a few question marks, but also at the same time, you got to start pressing the need on Ronald Jones. I think he's um, he's got to improve. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn can step in and be that guy, but I think there were just some better running backs on the board there. Uh, like the Khalil Davis pick as well, big Nebraska boy. Um, but I think that they are tied with the Falcons for – um, how good of a draft class it was. And I, I like I said, I'm going to try and be objective as this as possible. The Buccaneers have a bit more of a flashy draft, and, you know, that's what normally you want. Well, the Falcons hit on every need they had. Um, obviously, the Terrell pick, like I said, I like when I first saw it, I liked the pick. I didn't hate it. But over a couple of days, I started realizing, wow, you know, the Saints wanted him. The Raiders wanted him. So they had to grab him at 16. They couldn't trade back. Um Getting Marlon Davids in the second round was freaking huge. Uh, they got a solid offensive lineman to fill up the middle with Matt Hennessy, and then they got speed in the secondary and on the linebacking core with Michael Walker and uh, Jalen Hawkins. So certainly hit on all their needs, which is you know what you need to do. The Carolina Panthers also had a decent draft. I give it an A minus, which is below the Falcons and the Buccaneers at an A. Um, the reason being they went full out on the defense, two defensive tackles, an edge rusher, a cor- or two corners, and two safeties. They are looking to absolutely stack up that defense, get back into that top 10 uh, for a defensive team like they were when they ran all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, I love the Derek Brown pick. I love the Yatur Grossman-Tos pick. Uh, I don't give it an A or an A-plus just because they didn't really fit in any offense, and I think that you should probably get in a few offensive guys, especially when you have a new quarterback. Uh, but I'm about to do an article, actually, where I'm going to discuss a little bit more about why I think that that was. Uh, so maybe stay tuned for that.
Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on the Bucks having the best draft. Um, I think the Falcons, obviously, they, they drafted pretty well as well. But I think Tampa adding Wirfs to the O-line, like him playing tackle is going to be great for them. They got brought in a safety, some running backs, and a wide receiver. I think they just overall addressed a lot of needs that, that they had. And I think, uh, obviously, they they made the splashes of the offseason bringing in Tom Brady and Gronk. So this is going to be a completely different team this year. Um, for me, when it came to the worst draft, uh, I think it's the Saints. But, I mean, like, the Saints didn't have a lot of picks to begin with. Like, they only had four picks in the entire draft. Uh, I don't know. Cesar Ruiz is okay, in my opinion. And they brought in linebacker back Bond and a tight end and a QB. So I, and as of today, they don't really need quarterback because they brought in Jameis Winston on a one-year deal and they signed uh, Taysom Hill to an extension. So I would say it's the Saints had the worst draft just strictly due to lack of draft picks. But uh, who did you have as the worst draft? Probably the Saints as well. Yeah. Like I, like I went, I listed off three teams as guys that could have won. And obviously the Saints go in my worst category, but they hit on their first three picks. Cesar Ruiz, Maybe not the best pick there, but when you're in that win-now attitude, getting O-line's always solid. He's going to go into that right guard spot alongside uh, Eric McCoy at center and Andres Pete at left guard. Going to round down that interior, sell a job. Um, you got to get Breeze that protection, make sure he stays upright. Zach Bond, they needed, I think their biggest need probably going into this was a linebacker, even though they got some pretty good linebackers. But I'd say that when you look at their roster, linebacker might be the biggest need. Um, he can edge rush too. So you get a multi, uh, you get a, Big tool there in Zach Bond. I think he can, you know, be your run stopper or be your pass rusher. Wisconsin boys are always deadly, so I think that might be a big pickup. And Adam Trotman is the tight end on a Dayton. This is a guy that's a bit more of a project. I think he's going to need a year or two to adapt to the NFL, but they got Jared Cook there. So once Cook gets out, you know, he's pretty old, so I don't think he'll last too much longer, at least at a, at a great level like he's been playing the past couple of years. And then Trotman can take over for whoever's the quarterback there. Um, that Tommy Stevens pick seems irrelevant now because they just signed James Winston, so I don't really totally understand that. Um, uh, I gave it a B- minus just because that they had a good draft for what few picks they had. Yeah, that's fair for sure. So when it comes to this division, I think this is a two-playoff team division, especially with it expanding to seven teams. Um, in the playoffs, I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to the Falcons, Bucks, and Saints. I would put the Saints at a near lock to be in the playoffs, and I think it ultimately comes down to uh, how Tom fits into Tampa. And uh, obviously, Todd Gurley will be a big question mark in Atlanta. Where do you see this division going this year? Um, I think with the new playoff rules, I think we can see three teams make the playoffs here. Um, I wouldn't say fairly easily, but if you're going to look at a division to have three teams in the playoffs, I'd say NFC South for sure. That's always one of the most competitive divisions. Um, I mean, the Falcons filled all their needs. The Saints are just got better. Like, they didn't have a lot of holes. All they did there was just get better. And the Buccaneers built around Tom Brady, and they got him weapons and protection. So, absolutely, I think all three of those teams can make a run at it. Um, not Carolina, though. I don't think they'll be very competitive. No, obviously they brought in Bridgewater, but I don't see him him and McCaffrey really making a lot of noise. They might they might ultimately decide seeding in the division because if they can upset one of those teams, then it could play a big role in overall seeding. But I agree with you there. I think that they're going to be on the outside looking in. Uh, then we move over to the NFC West. Uh, I thought that the best draft here was the Cardinals. I thought that they, I mean, they basically went defense with Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. I thought that was a great pick. 
Uh, and then you've got Evan Weaver in the sixth. They brought in a tackle in the third and Josh Jones out of Houston. I think that uh, protecting Kyler Murray is obviously something that they're going to be looking to do. Uh, but the Cardinals, for me, were the best team. Who did you have as the best draft in the division? Um, it, for me, I think it was between the Cardinals, who I gave an A, and the Rams. But I think I'm going to be giving the Rams an A-, minus. if I can just find where they are here. Um, yeah, I like the the Cardinals draft. Um, you know, getting a guy like Isaiah Simmons is huge. They need that. I wouldn't say they necessarily needed a linebacker, but he can really fit in anywhere. So wherever they want to play him, it's going to be great. Um, getting Josh Jones all the way at 73, awesome. They need to protect Kyler Murray. Uh, so that was definitely, you know, top of their uh, needs. Then grabbing two awesome defensive linemen and Lucky Foge to and Rashard Lawrence. Their defensive line needed that uh, need to be repaired and grabbing those two guys instantly fills in. Foe 2 is going to come in and instantly be a playmaker. Lawrence might develop along the way, but luckily Foe 2 is NFL ready. And, I mean, all these Utah defensive players are insane. So that was a great pickup. And Evan Weaver, the linebacker at a Cal, tackle machine. I think that's, they get a solid tackler there. I think if he develops well, that guy could be a 100 tackle machine. Uh, I absolutely believe that. And uh, as I pull up my Rams uh, thing here, I did give them an A minus. Um, like they replaced all the key players they lost. They replaced Gurley with Acres. They replaced Cooks with Van Jefferson. Replaced uh, what's his name, Dante Fowler with Terrell Lewis. They got an awesome tight end in Bryson Hopkins, um, and they replaced Greg Zerline with uh, Sam Sloman out of Miami, Ohio. And they even grabbed another guard from Clemson. I mean, you know what? You grab a guy from a big school, there's a good chance they might turn out well. Um, so overall, I gave them an A minus just because they didn't really improve anything. They just replaced stuff where they lost. Uh, not a big deal. I think that was obviously what the Rams needed to do to stay competitive. They were still a good team last year that just, you know, fell off the cliff a little bit there. But in that 17 playoff, they would have made the playoffs. So, you know, they, they definitely are looking like they can contend this year. Yeah, I think the Rams could turn it around really quick, especially if they hit on a couple of those picks. Obviously, they shipped out guys like Gurley in the offseason, and so bringing in that running back is going to be great for them. I thought the worst draft here was Seattle. I, I was a little bit confused by some of their picks. Like It just seemed like they didn't really address a lot of their needs. Outside of, I really did like Colby Parkinson out of uh, Stanford. Obviously, last year they had Disley go down, which was a huge blow to them. They seemed to be rolling when he was in the lineup, and so to bring in a tight end there, I think think will be great for them but uh outside of that I didn't really love their draft who did you have as the worst draft in the division yeah for me it was Seattle because they reached on pretty much everything and normally not too big of a deal to reach on some players but they reach on everything but worse yet they traded up 11 spots to reach on an edge rusher I've never seen that before where a team actually trades up nearly half of the round just to reach on a player that's ridiculous to me um, I, I, th- I don't know what the Seahawks were thinking. Obviously, this is the definition of going and grabbing your guy as soon as you can because I got to think that all these guys were who Seattle wanted and they didn't care where they got and they grabbed them as soon as they could. So maybe it does work out. Obviously, Pete Carroll tends to have a plan, but the Seahawks drafts are never too great. They normally have one or two guys come out and be good. I think in this class, Damian Lewis could be the star. Uh, obviously, they should just be they should be going offensive linemen like in the first three rounds. That's what they need so badly. But they did still end up grabbing one who's pretty good. He'll fit in as a solid guard there. Uh, like you said, Colby Parkinson, uh, I agree. You know, the tight end there has been an issue. Uh, I think it's time to change the pace and just grab another one, even though you might have a suck in Disley. Uh, it's just, just push the pace. Let Colby Parkinson come in when Disley win or if Disley goes down again. 
Um, you can have Perkinson come in, but once again, that was a reach pick. So overall, they pretty much reached on everything here, except Steven Sullivan and Damian Lewis, the guys at LSU. So I gave it a C minus. Yeah, I think, I know that you had said earlier that if you thought that there was one team that would have three teams in the playoffs, it would be the South. But I actually think it's this division, mostly because I think the 49ers and Seahawks should get in. Uh, the 49ers had a great year last year. Uh, they may have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, given that they blew that lead in the fourth. But I still see the 49ers as a playoff team. I think they had a solid draft as well. I think the Seahawks with DK Metcalf going into year two, and they still have Russell Wilson. Like, that's that's a great team there. And then with the Cardinals and Rams both improving, I mean, they could easily snag one of those playoff spots. So uh, what do you see happening in this division this year? Um, I think you just see the Rams try and be uh, aggressive early instead of having that slow start like they did. Um, Seahawks, obviously, they're always going to be good because they're still led by Russell Wilson and have a good defense overall. But losing to Devion Clowney was a huge blow to them. So uh, you got to see how that's going to affect them. Um, Obviously, the 49ers, I want to say that they're solid, but Super Bowl hangovers happen. Look at Philadelphia. Look at Atlanta. They all went down after into they still made the playoffs both years after their Super Bowls, but they didn't get much farther than the divisional. So um, definitely going to have to watch out for that with the 49ers. I think the Seahawks could probably make a run at this division still. Um, they never rely on their draft class. That's probably the biggest thing. They, they never, ever, ever rely on their draft class to bring in the talent they need. It's always Russell Wilson. And they had a couple decent free agency signings, so I could see them still being aggressive here and probably taking away this division if the 49ers have that Super Bowl hangover. Definitely, for sure. I agree with you there. Um, and then lastly in the NFC, uh, now we're looking at the NFC North. This one was a, a tough one for me because I really loved Detroit's draft. I loved their first two rounds, getting Okuda. And then given that uh, on Johnson has had I- injury issues, they got DeAndre Swift, so at least they have a backup back there. But my best draft for me was the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, grabbing Jefferson and Gladney in the first round. And then, I mean, they just had so many picks in this draft that I think uh, a lot of it had to do with letting go of Stefan Diggs. But uh, I, I had the Vikings as the best draft here. Who did you have as the best draft in the NSP North? Uh, I gave them both A minuses, but I'll start with the Vikings. Like, my highlight being they had a huge haul, and this is a team that was already in the divisional round. So if they even hit on a quarter, or better yet, a half or any more of these picks, all of a sudden the Vikings are going to be freaking dangerous and look like legit Super Bowl contenders. So um, that was a big pull for me. The only thing is, is they didn't address the interior offensive line and they didn't do it, or they kind of did with their last pick, but at 253rd overall, you're probably not expecting a starter there. Um, I wish they had addressed it earlier, but obviously they had some other needs, so I kind of understand it, but just wish that maybe instead of an edge rusher and DJ one and they went interior offensive line uh, so, but with the Lions, it was more quality. Um, I obviously loved the Okuda pick. Um, getting DeAndre Swift was strange, but I could see it working out for them really well. An edge rusher and Julian Akwara pair him with his brother, uh, Romeo Akwara. Definitely need to increase that front four there, so that was a good pickup. My biggest win for them here is getting Stenberg and Jonah Jackson, two guards, to play alongside Frank Ragnow and Taylor Decker. Uh, they just instantly went from an a okay to not a great offensive line to an offensive line that's seriously going to help out Matthew Stack with those two picks right there. So really smart work by Bob Quinn there. I love those two picks, and for me, I'm going to have to go to the Lions just solely based off those first five picks there, uh, but especially with those two guards. 
Yeah, definitely. I don't think I really have to ask you who had the worst draft in this division because I think it's pretty much a consensus all, all around uh, the world right now. But uh, who did you have as the worst draft in the NFC North? I gave the Bears a C-. minus. I think wow. they, quality-wise, had the worst draft. I gave the Packers a D-plus because they got great players, but they didn't do what they supposed to do. You were one game away from the Super Bowl. Motivation should now be go get guys that are win now players. Instead, they draft a developmental back in the first round. That yes, good will but and will take over as the starting quarterback. But that was just dumb. But you know what? All right, on to get your future set. All right, look into the future rounds. Let's get some playmakers. Third string running back AJ Dillon. You don't want to pay Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Okay, I understand that, but that you can you still have a couple years for both of those guys, so I don't see how A.J. Dillon fits in. Tight end, Josiah Deguara. I love Deguara. He's a great player, um, but he's not going to come in and start right away. He's a developmental guy. He's going to have to wait behind uh, Stenberg or Stenberg or whatever that guy's name is um, before he even gets his shot. Linebacker, Kamal Martin. They don't really need a linebacker, and if they did, they would have needed one of higher quality than Kamal Martin, so I don't understand that pick. Three straight offensive linemen in Runyon, Hansen, and Step- Stepaniak. I think that's how you say it. Um, once again, the Packers have one, one of the best offensive lines in the draft or in the in the league. So these guys will take over when those guys leave because you know, to be fair, they are fairly old, with the exception of Elkton Jenkins. But overall, those guys are going to have to wait a couple of years if they do end up getting a starting chance. Uh, the only pick that really works out for them was the was Jonathan Garvin, the edge rusher out of Miami, who I'm surprised was all the way down at 242. Um, that's the only guy that's going to make an impact right away, if, if he even gets his shot, which I, I think he should because he's a great player and they need an edge rusher. Uh, you know, I mean, they have uh, Preston Smith and Sedaria Smith, but, you know, those guys can't do the work themselves. Like, you're going to see a lot of Jonathan Garvin, I think. So, yes, they had good picks, good picks that can start in the future. But I just... You were one game away from the Super Bowl. It's not time to rebuild. This was a stupid, stupid draft. Yeah, I mean, my brother-in-law is a big Packers fan, and so is my girlfriend. So, like, they were obviously really confused by this draft, I think, as a lot of people were. Like, yeah, I get the need to, like, draft a quarterback, but, like, why is it now? Like, you've got Rodgers under contract until 2023. I know that there's a potential out in the deal before that. But, like, as you said, they're one game away from a Super Bowl. And all you're hearing about going into this draft is this is a this could be a, a historic wide receiver class. And last year, outside of Devontae Adams, who, who was hurt for a little bit, but other than that, had a good year. I mean, like, Lazard was pretty average. Valdez Scantling had some bad games, like... It just felt like that's that's your biggest need. Like, if you can get Rodgers another weapon, then you're great. And as you said, like, Aaron Jones had a great year last year, and Jamal Williams was a great second back there. So to draft A.J. Dillon in the second, I was just really confused by. I think it's the Packers by a mile just because you didn't help out Aaron Rodgers. And if anything, all you've done is piss him off because now you've brought in a first-rounder that's basically in waiting. And Rodgers doesn't pick me as the type of guy that's going to be all all loving on uh, Jordan Love and uh, saying, yeah, I'll teach you how to take my job. Like, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, so for me, it was the Packers. While they did have a bad draft, I still see them as the best team in, in this division. Uh, I think the Vikings could 
could make a run at it, but it just seems like the Packers always have their number in this division, so I'd still have to give the edge to Green Bay. Chicago, obviously, bringing in Foles. They could improve just strictly because they have that solid defense, and now you have a better quarterback. So this will be an interesting division for sure. How do you see this one panning out, Miles? Um, like I said, if the, the Vikings made the divisional round last year, if once again, if a quarter or even better, half more of those picks hit, this division is for the, all for the Vikings to take. They, they can easily roll over much of the NFC if that draft class hits. Um, I think the Lions are going to be a little more competitive this year. Uh, they gave Matthew Stafford the tools to be successful this year, and there's been a quote going around saying that it was never – Matthew Stafford that was laying Detroit down. It was Detroit letting Matthew Stafford down, and I absolutely agree with that. Matthew Stafford, certainly not the most elite of quarterbacks, but, I mean, if you're not going to build around the guy, what do you expect? But now he's got two tight ends and Jesse James and TJ Hawkinson, a great starting wide receiver core with uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, um, two awesome running backs, one with power and carry on Johnson, one with speed and DeAndre Swift, a solid O-line now, especially in that, in, with those four core guys, Lopen Stenberg, Jonah Jackson, Frank Reich now, and Taylor Decker. Um, that's the tools you need. I think Matthew Stafford could have a really good year if those guys hit instantly. Their defense obviously got better with a new edge rusher and a new cornerback. Um, I, I think that the, the Lions could actually make some noise this year, but you know what? I've been saying that for a while, but I don't know. I think this year, actually, their draft class makes me believe in them a little bit more. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun division to watch just because there is a lot of question marks around the division. And uh, I still see Green Bay holding on, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if some of these other teams rise up and uh, make a play at one of those playoff spots. So now we're going to shift over to the AFC, uh, starting with the AFC East, the division that has predominantly been dominated by the New England Patriots for the last two decades. But there could be a changing of the guard now, given that Tom Brady is no longer under center for them. Uh, For me, when I looked at this draft I really loved what Miami did I mean it helps when you have three first round picks and uh, they were able to draft Tua mostly because they have Ryan Fitzpatrick to play in the meantime which should be good for them but then they also added a corner and a tackle like they've got a pretty solid cornerback crew now in Miami and then I really liked that they brought in an interior O-lineman in Robert Hunt. And uh, I don't know. I really liked the Miami draft. I thought that they did really well there. Who did you have as the best draft in the AFC East? Uh, I gave the Dolphins an, a grade of an A, and that was the best uh, class for me out of the AFC East. Um, they stripped pretty much this whole team to its roots, um, with the exception of a few guys. So starting here, you get your franchise quarterback. Then you go get a franchise offensive tackle. Then you go grade, go improve your best area, which is your corner slot with Byron Jones and Xavier um, and Howard now, and you have a great slot corner with Noah Igbenigene. Um Hit on all three of those first-round picks. Then you go get another interior offensive lineman. Awesome. Go get a defensive lineman. Awesome. Go get a safety to replace Rashad Jones when he, you know, he's getting up there and he's pretty damn expensive. Awesome. Solomon Kinley, a big body up in the middle as well. You got two guards and a great offensive tackle now. Awesome start. Jason Strobridge, another defensive lineman to build off of. You go get, an, you, know, you go get and pretty much steal an amazing edge rusher in Curtis Weaver uh, at 164. I can't believe that. Hell, they drafted a long snapper, which I mean was my low light for them, and that's it's just because that was the stupid pick. I don't know why you draft a long snapper. Um, and their last pick, Malcolm Perry, the wide receiver out of Navy, was a decent pick. Like 
their wide receiver core is pretty good, but now you add a guy with a lot of speed. And uh, you know what? Navy's offense is super unique, so he's going to bring a lot to that table, even though he's only a, a 246th overall pick. I love the Dolphins draft. I think the only reason that I don't give them an A-plus was because they wasted a pick on a stupid long snapper. Yeah, that's fair for sure. I don't know why you ever really waste a pick on that. I feel like you could just go and find that guy somewhere, uh, unemployed somewhere, probably working at like a Walmart or something. But uh, (laughs) when it comes to the worst draft of this division, I have it as the Patriots. And like, I hate questioning Bill Belichick and the Patriots because they always seem to find hidden gems when it comes to talent. But I think the Patriots had the worst draft because I actually, I thought the Bills and Jets made out pretty well. The Jets grabbing Denzel Mims was great for them just to give Darnold another weapon. And I really liked Buffalo getting an edge rusher out of Iowa. So I have the Patriots as the worst draft. They didn't have a first rounder. They had a bunch of second and thirds. So, I mean, they probably found some talent in there. They added a couple tight ends and edge rushers. But for me, it was the Patriots as the worst draft. Who did you have as the worst draft? Um, I gave the Bills a B plus, then I gave the Patriots a B, but last place was the Jets with a B minus. I love the Beckton pick. I think though that they probably should have gone with Tristan Wirfs because I'm not big on Beckton as being a franchise guy quite yet. Obviously, I hope every guy pans out as you know every team wants him to, but I just don't believe in Beckton quite yet. Um, I like the Mims pick, solid. I don't think he'll be a number one guy. I think he'll be a great number two. Um, I think they're going to look for a number one guy later, maybe next year's draft. Um, the safety pick of Nash and Davis, awesome, because, you know, with the uncertainty of Jamal Adams, even if you do keep him, you don't want to pay Marcus May either. So Ash and Davis is going to take over one of those roles very soon, depending on how that works out. I didn't like the edge rusher pick because the last time they tried that out, um, it didn't work out well for them. And Zuniga has had a lot of injury problems and uh, off-the-field issues, so... Sometimes those do come back to play a player. Uh, so we'll just have to see how that works out. Lights, the one Michael P. Ryan pick. He is my diamond in the rough for this whole draft. Uh, obviously, sitting behind Le'Veon, he's not going to get a lot of time, but he doesn't really need to get a lot of time yet. I think he needs a little bit of time to be worked on. Cameron Clark didn't like the pick. Uh, you know, from what I've seen, he ha- he has a lot of motivation. He brings a lot of energy, but he isn't as technically refined. He lets his fundamentals get away. Um, when he gets under pressure. Ending the Bryce Hall slide was awesome. Picked up a great nickel corner there. And then they drafted the punter, which, I mean, I don't really think that was one of the Jets' top priorities. I think they should have grabbed someone else there. So, overall, I gave it a B-. minus. Not a terrible draft. Not necessarily anything exceptional to me. That I think they just got a lot of players that, you know, they're going to do good. I did like that they grabbed James Morgan, just because we saw last year when Darnold had mono, like, they were just, like, they didn't have a backup, so I was okay with them taking the QB in the fourth round. But, uh, yeah, I could see the Jets there. Uh, I like Pirine as well. I actually had him on my college fantasy football team, so uh, I'm hopeful for him. Uh, I hope that he has a good year. To me, it seems like the Bills are the top of this of this division. Uh, if the Patriots can find a quarterback, they could maybe contend because their defense is okay. Uh, but I see the Bills coming on strong. I think the Jets are going to have a good year this year. I really see them improving. Where do you see this division going? It's it's a toss-up, really. I think all four of those teams can be competitive. I think Miami will still take a backseat because, like I said, they stripped the team pretty much to its roots. This was a good start, but I think they need another offseason to fully get into that maybe playoff contender, even Super Bowl mode. Um, it won't go quite there yet, but I'll give it one more season for them. They'll still make some noise in that division. Uh, I think it's the Bills. I think it's the Bills. They had a 
huge, great draft class. Um, they're really pressing the issue on Josh Allen now with that Jake Fromm pick because they need him to excel. And if he doesn't excel this year, they'll, they'll replace his ass. I think that was that. I think that's what that pick signifies. But also, Jake Fromm can help him with a lot of the things Josh Allen isn't great at, like timing, like getting into rhythm, stuff like that, which jo- Jake Fromm excelled with in uh, in, in Georgia. Um, loved the wide receiver picks. I mean, they got Diggs and they have John Brown. John Brown, yeah, I'm not totally sold on a guy like John Brown, but I guess we'll see. Obviously, Diggs is a true number one. You go grab a great slot guy with Gabriel Davis and Isaiah Hodgins, who, by the way, has the best hands in this class out of anyone. He won't drop a single damn ball. Loved the Dane Jackson pick, the corner from Pitt. And I loved, I, a lot of people are, are concerned about getting a running back when they already have Singletary, but I don't think that Singletary will always be that total package. I think he worked well with Frank Gore. And now you get a pretty much a young Frank Gore, in my opinion, with Zach Moss. I think they're going to play off well with each other. Zach Moss, a power back. Dingletary, the, the finesse stretch guy. Love that pick. And obviously, AJ Epinesa, wow, what a steal for an edge rusher. I think the Bills can easily take control of this, uh, this division here. Yeah, I have the Bills taking it. I think... Miami needs another year. New England might need some time. And I see the Jets improving, but I don't know how they're ultimately going to win the division here. So I'm going to go with the Bills. When it comes to the AFC South, I I think I, I really loved the Colts draft because, I mean, they essentially got DeForest Buckner as their first first rounder, you know, making that trade with San Fran. And then I felt like Pittman and Taylor – uh, were great picks for them, and I really like Blackman. Uh, Jacob Eason will be a nice nice addition there as well. But for me, the best draft is Jacksonville, but it's mostly because, like, they had needs at every single position. So it's like, really, wherever they drafted, they were probably okay. So I, I would say Jacksonville. Who did you have as the best draft? I gave both the Jags and the Colts an A. I gave the Jaguars an A because they grew up, got an amazing – of players at pretty much every position that we did. Cornerback was CJ Henderson, be their outside starter, and Josiah Scott will be their nickel guy. An awesome edge rusher and collab on Chase on. Um, you know, they lost Klaus Campbell, they lost Dante Fowler Jr. a few years back, replaced one of those guys with Josh Allen, replaced one of those guys with collab on Chase on. There you go, problem solved. They've been, a, they need wide receivers, and they got two great ones here with LeFault, who felt in the second round. Lots of raw attributes. He's definitely going to need to not be put into a starting role right away. But that's what they got Colin Johnson for. Colin Johnson is a refined player. He This time last year, he was one of the top wide receivers in this draft class, but he just had a down 2019. But I think he can get up back to that level, especially when they put him into that starting role and let him do his thing. Linebacker, awesome pickup. They got Joe Schobert as well the, from the Browns, who was a great linebacker there. Pair those two guys there. Awesome job. Safety, Daniel Thomas. They definitely need a safety. Um, pairing him with Ronnie Harrison. Really great young duo there. Loved that pickup. Uh, got a backup quarterback in Jay L- Jake Lutton. You never know. They hit on a low-round quarterback last year with Gardner Minshew, so I won't doubt that pick at all. And they got a tight end in Tyler Davis, who might not do anything special, but certainly at a position of need. So hit on everything there, my low light. And the reason I don't give them an A-plus is because they could have gone with the interior of the offensive line. I know they got Ben Bartsch, this offensive tackle from St. John's. Great pickup, but they needed to address that interior a little more with a center and right guard. And with the Colts, um, obviously, like you said, uh, 
DeForest Buckner was kind of like their first round pick. Michael Pittman and running back Jonathan Taylor. Those are two guys that are going to come in and be, you know, good players, win now guys, but they're going to develop into franchise cornerstones when Eason takes over the team. And Julian Blackman's going to be a defensive leader on that other side. So uh, they got a lot of win now players. Uh, I just think that they should have addressed the cornerback at some point and then they didn't really do it till round seven and you don't find a lot of starters there. For sure. I think when it came to uh, who lost this draft in this division, I would go with the Texans. I mean, they only had five picks to begin with. Um, But I mean, like they beefed up their defensive line a bit, which was a priority getting Blacklock. But I don't know. They didn't really improve their secondary. It took them to the fourth round to take John Reed out of Penn State, which I wasn't really that crazy on. So I had the Texans as the worst uh, draft in the division. Who did you have? I gave both Houston and Tennessee a B plus. Houston had the short but sweet draft with Blaylock and Greenard. Both big needs there. Uh, they got an awesome defensive tackle and a great edge rusher. Going to fill in some needs there. John Reed, I like the pick, actually. Um, he Once again, need that nickel corner. That's normally what Bradley Roby does, but they need him to be a bit more of like the starting guy there, kicking the outside. So you're going to have John Reed fill that role. Got a steal in Isaiah Culture, the wide receiver out of Rhode Island. That's an underrated pick who's going to come in and develop into one of those sweet guys. Not necessarily going to replace DeAndre Hopkins, of course, but still fantastic pick there. And then the Tennessee Titans, I also gave a B-plus to. Um, I was on the train for Isaiah Wilson all the way. I, I called that pick on my uh, on my mock draft many times on my podcast as well. Um, I liked the Darrington Evans pick. You're going to have him play off of uh, Derrick Henry very well. He's going to be that change of pace back. Getting a steal in Christian Fulton out of LSU. Loved that pick. Loved the Lorel Murchison pick. Uh, he's going to come in and be that big defensive lineman that they need with um, – you know, a lot of those guys leaving, especially Jarrell Casey. Cole McDonald, you know what? This could be the franchise guy. Honestly, I think you get him some time behind Ryan Tannehill. Once Tannehill proves that he's still Tannehill or he ends up just, you know, expiring on that contract, Cole McDonald can step in and be this, this team's leader. I, I totally believe in it. My low light, just they needed, they really needed an edge rusher, and this was a stacked class with them, and they just didn't go after one. Um, so that's the only reason I don't give them anything higher than a B+. Plus. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting division for sure. Uh, Tennessee, obviously, last year, they made that run all the way to the the AFC Championship game. I think with Indy bringing in Phillip Rivers, that's the real question mark of this division. How much does he truly have left? Because I think if he does have quite a bit left, and given what they drafted this year, I think that they could really make a run at the division. Jacksonville and Houston, I don't see them uh, doing a whole lot. Houston will win some games just because Deshaun Watson is as good as he is, but who do you see as the best team in this division? Um, You know, Tennessee, I think, probably has the best shot. Um, I do like Jacksonville's improvements, but once again, I think they'll still be one of the worst teams in this league, but you know, they just, they don't have it complete yet. And I think a lot of those guys that they drafted definitely need a year to adapt to the league. Um, the Colts, I think probably have the best shot at this division as well. I, I don't see really Houston. Houston will be competitive still, but they're not going to be great. So I'm going to leave it up between the Colts and um, the Titans. And like our great friend, Jet Folk said, it's all about how much Philip Rivers has left in him. Definitely. I think we can agree on that for sure. Uh, So now we move over to the AFC West. This is obviously the home of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, The division kind of runs through them right now. But uh, who did you have as the best draft in this division? 
Um, I, I, by far and away, the Broncos were the, uh, I, I guess I wouldn't say by far and away, but the Broncos were the best draft class, in my opinion. They bought into Drew Locke, and that's exactly what they needed to do. They stacked up the roster for him with two great, three great wide receivers, actually, um, with uh, Jerry Judy, who's going to instantly come in. He can compete to be that number one guy, but if not, him and Sutton will be that sort of 1A, 1B sort of deal. Um, KJ Hamler going to be that speedy slot guy. Round out the receiving core with Tyree Cleveland and Deshaun Hamilton, who they drafted two years ago with Cortland Sutton. Uh, they have a great wide receiving core now. Um, absolutely fantastic. Two tight ends now. They drafted Fant last year. They drafted Aqua Bunham this year. Um, so now they have two fast tight ends. And you know what? Albert O, who a lot of people call him because his last name is way too long. Um, that's, you know, he was supposed to be one of the best tight ends in this class. He fell because a lot of injuries. Uh, plagued him this year at Missouri. Um, I think him and Fanch are going to be amazing for Drew Locke. Um, they address the interior of the line with Lloyd Cushenberry and Natani Moody. Um, you know what? The Broncos line was never terrible, but it was never fantastic. This is finally going to take them to that next level that they need with Cushenberry, who I think is going to be amazing, um, and Moody, who is absolutely going to be a, a fantastic guard. Uh, I think he'll be the right guard. I think Cushenberry will probably slot in at center, and then Reisner, uh, who they drafted last year, could probably fit back in at left guard where they had him this year. So fantastic interior offensive line, and they hit on defense where they needed. Uh, they needed a new corner. They acquired Boye, uh, but they obviously traded away Chris Harris. Oja Mudia will come in and be a solid guy. He's got the length to be on the outside and definitely the speed. He's got great coverage skills. I love that pickup. McTelvin Aguim, they've lacked a true defensive tackle for a very long time. I think he's a great pass rusher. He can get right to the quarterback. Loved that pickup. Justin Stranad, the linebacker at Wake Forest, solid tackler. Not going to be anything too special, but they definitely need to uh, bolster up that middle linebacking core. So I think he's going to come in. He's going to be a solid starter, not a high ceiling, but a great floor. Um, and they rounded it out with an edge rusher and Derek Tuska from North Dakota state. Big pickup, you know, a developmental guy. They definitely needed an edge rusher too. So I, I think you put him behind Vaughn Miller and, um, Bradley Chubb, this guy can develop into one of the more solid, maybe third down rushers. Uh, obviously, if Bradley Chubb or Von Miller goes down, uh, he could come in and fill it in. But eventually, I think he might replace Von Miller because, you know, uh, Von Miller's definitely getting up there in age. So we'll see how that happens. Overall, best draft class, in my opinion. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I love that they went back-to-back wide receivers, and I think they got the best wide receiver in the draft in Judy, in my opinion. I Pairing him with Cortland Sutton, I mean, he had a great year last year, even with Joe Flacco throwing him the ball for half the year. So I I think that this is a great draft for Denver. I would agree with you 100%. I think you hit on, touched on everything there. Uh, I think that Denver was far and away the best class uh, in this division, personally. When it came to the worst draft, I just didn't love the Raiders draft. Like, I, I like, I think Ruggs is okay. Like, obviously, he's a speedster, but he he is a good route runner, and he does have some legit ball skills, so that can't be overlooked. He isn't really a deep threat, but I think that they have a solid enough wide receiver core there. Uh, Damon Arnett, the corner at Ohio State, that's an okay pick for me. But, like, they really went offense heavy, and... I mean, the Raiders' defense wasn't anything spectacular last year, so I wish that they would have addressed the defense a bit more. Who did you have as the worst class? Definitely the Raiders, but not for lack of trying. I think um, 
they the more I look at it, they had a solid plan. Ruggs, probably not the best pick there, but certainly a speedy guy, and they've seen Tyreek Hill many times. They know exactly what a fast guy like that can do. Damon Arnett, a reach at 19, but you know what? Ohio State defensive backs are certainly ones to be mesmerized by. I can speak from experience with Kendall Sheffield, but obviously you can look at guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Jeff Okuda this year, and next year, Sean Wade. Um, you know what? Ohio State corners are nothing to sleep on. Uh, Lynn Bowden, who is listed as a wide receiver, and I'm a, obviously I'm a big Kentucky fan, whether it's football or basketball, I'm Kentucky all the way. Lynn Bowden is listed as a receiver, but he's that Taysom Hill kind of guy. He played quarterback last year and he was phenomenal, but he did most of it with his legs running around so he can fit in as a running back. Uh, he could be a wide receiver. He could be a, a like a package tight end um, when you look at some of those smaller tight end packages. I think Lynn Bowden can fill it, fit in at all those spots, so he's going to be more of a utility guy rather than a wide receiver. And then they go grab Brian Edwards, who, uh, you know, big, fast guy. Uh, I love anyone that comes out of South Carolina. They're always got a bit of a vicious edge to them, so I think he's going to be quite a good player at the next level. So I think they got a great wide receiving core now um, with those guys. I love the Clemson picks with Tanner Muse and John Simpson. Simpson can develop into a starter, but Tanner Muse will come in once again, be like the Lynn Bowden of the defense. He can kind of rotate everywhere as a linebacker, as a safety, as an edge rusher, almost like a poor man's uh, Isaiah Simmons. I think that was a great pick. But the steal here is Amik Robertson, who is one of my other diamonds in the rough out of Louisiana Tech, the corner. Uh, him and Arnett going to be fantastic together. I think Robertson's actually going to be one of the best players from this draft class when we look back at it. Uh, I, I absolutely love that pick at 139. So overall, not too bad of a class. I just think that they had more issues to address. Uh, and all the wide receivers really were reaches at that point. I think they could have probably moved back and still grabbed any of those guys that they wanted. Yeah, and I think everyone knows going into this year with this division that it's like Kansas City and everyone else. Like Kansas City just has such a high-powered offense that – I think they're just going to run away with the division. There's a couple question marks with, you know, the Raiders and the Broncos. I think the Broncos could sneak into a playoff spot if Drew Locke takes that next step this year. Where do you see this division going? Battle between the Broncos and the Chiefs. I mean, the Broncos hit the ball to the park with their draft class, instantly putting them into contenders for this division. Don't overrate the Kansas City Chiefs because, yes, they're great. They're coming off the Super Bowl win. They were dominant last year. It's a new year. Teams are going to have film all offseason to look at what the Chiefs are doing, how to stop it. It's going to be a new year. Um, Obviously, I still think that the Chiefs can take away this division, but the Broncos are sure as hell trying to replicate what the Chiefs are doing, and they definitely can so i can't wait to see the first chiefs and broncos game because i think that's going to be a freaking barn burner yeah definitely that should be those should be some really good games with Locke and mahomes dueling there uh and then lastly we're going to finish off with the afc north we'll quickly touch on them uh who is your best draft class here well if a lot of people may not think the Broncos in the draft class. Obviously, I did. But if you don't want to say the Broncos, then it had to have been the Browns. This had to be one of their best drafts ever, really. Freaking hell, they hit on a, a great offensive tackle, which they probably didn't even think was going to be there uh, with Jedrick Wills. So now you have Wills and Conklin rounding out those two tackles to protect Baker. You go and grab a sliding LSU defensive back. And no, I'm not talking about Greedy Williams from last year. I'm talking about Grant Del Pete from this year. Um, they needed a safety super badly. They go and grab him. He's going to be that strong safety playing alongside Demarius Randall, who's the free safety. Awesome tandem there. Check that need off. They definitely needed to upgrade that defensive line uh, department, and they did so with Jordan Elliott. One of my other dimes in the rough, I had three of them. Elliott, Perrine, or sorry, I, did I have four or three? I had Perrine, uh, Robertson, and Elliott, I think. So 
definitely great pickups there. Um, they have Shelton Richardson and they have Larry Ogunjobi, but neither of those guys have necessarily excelled in Cleveland. I think Elliott continues to that next level. Uh, they lost Joe Schobert. Don't worry. Replacing with Jacob Phillips, the linebacker at LSU. Definitely got slept on in that LSU defense, but certainly he can come in and be an instant starter and develop into an awesome player uh, throughout the season. Harrison Bryant, the tight end out of Florida Atlantic. They want to move on from Njoku. This is going to help press that need, but he's going to, he's a super fast, small guy. Hooper's obviously going to be your big possession tight end. Harrison Bryant can be your vertical threat, uh, even play maybe some slot wide receiver, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Nick Harris, who's played center, but he can also play guard. You know, Now you've rounded out that entire interior. Their starting line looks like Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, and Nick Harris. Uh, that is amazing to me. I think Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield have to be super happy. Uh, but to cap it all off with one of the biggest sleeper picks, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the wide receiver from Michigan, not only a return specialist, but he'll be a slot specialist. He's so fast and so athletic. Um, I, I honestly think, I've been saying this for a while, this is the MVP year that everyone thought Baker Mayfield would have last year, and no one's even going to talk about it because people have already written Baker Mayfield off. I absolutely think that the Browns and Baker Mayfield can totally rebound this year, and Mayfield is going to look like a fucking god this year. I think that Cleveland did have a phenomenal draft. I would probably have them as the tops of the draft, and you kind of hit on everyone there. But I do want to touch on the Bengals draft because just based off of their first two picks, like I just loved it overall. Obviously, you, you had the number one pick, so Joe Burrow, you found your franchise quarterback now. They're going to move on from Andy Dalton, I would think. But I really love Joe Burrow in college. I think that he's going to be a good uh, a good quarterback in at the next level, but T Higgins, I loved him as a wide receiver coming out of Clemson. And I think pairing him with AJ green, who's probably only got a year left with Cincy in my opinion. And then also Tyler Boyd and John Ross, like this is going to be a fun offense to watch. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the Bengals there because I do think that they're, they took the first step in the right direction because they obviously struggled last year when it came to the worst draft. I thought that it was the Steelers. They didn't have a first rounder or a fifth rounder. Uh, I was okay with Chase Claypool, Canadian out of Notre Dame. Uh, it was an okay pick for them. They need a little bit of wide receiver help to pair with Juju Smith-Schuster. So uh, I think that that was an okay pick. But outside of that, I didn't really love their draft. Who did you have as the worst draft? Well, let me put it like this. The AFC North absolutely knocked all their drafts out of the park. Obviously, they had the Browns as the best out of the North. Then the Ravens at a close third. I think they had the third best draft in this. Probably say the Bengals. I mean, just because they got Joe Burrow, that would probably be the tiebreaker here. You know, getting a franchise QB like that, who is ultimately probably going to be one of the best players from this draft class. Um, I think the Bengals, you know, having the top pick in every round certainly helped them bolster their team. And the Steelers, I gave them an A as well. So no one here got below an A. Um, but I do give the Steelers a worst draft class. I was for, like you said, no first rounder, but that first rounder turns out to be Minka Fitzpatrick that they gave up. So, you know, I'd say you take that, that bet. Uh, Claypool, a big receiver who's still fairly fast, but once again uses his physicality to win at the point of attack. Uh, great pickup to put alongside Juju, James Washington. Uh, they, and, uh, what's the other guy there? Deontay Johnson, I think is his name. Uh, the guy from Toledo, great wide receiver core. They got there. Roethlisberger is going to be happy. Um, Alex Highsmith, who was one of the guys that I was pretty much pegging to the Steelers the entire way here. I, I called this on my podcast not long ago. I think this was a guy that they should target. Um, 
So Alex Highsmith ending up in Pittsburgh was huge. Great edge rusher there. A lot of people are going to be sleeping on him, but pair him with TJ Watt. They're going to be wrecking house. Love the Kevin Dawson pickup. I mean, the Louisiana O-line was pretty good with Robert Hunt. And a lot of guys, you know, they weren't going after Hunt because they knew how solid he was. So a lot of guys had to go after Kevin Dawson. And Dawson absolutely took that took all those guys on pretty well. Obviously not quite as good as Robert Hunt, but you know what? They were going towards him because they couldn't go to Hunt's side. So he definitely did well there. Loved the Antoine Brooks pick. Up. I mean, he's definitely someone that a lot of people are sleeping on. Definitely went fell towards the – he was almost in the 200s. He was picked at 198. Awesome pickup. Pair him with Minka Fitzpatrick, and wow, they've got a pretty damn good safety tandem. Um, the only reason I don't put this at an A-plus because they used a fourth-round pick on Anthony McFarland, a running back from Maryland. I have a question mark about that because they drafted Benny Snell last year. Obviously, they still have James Conner. Benny Snell's going to be their speedy back, stretch plays, sort of that stuff. James Conner's going to be the guy running in between the tackles. Anthony McFarland can fit him as the guy that's more the pass catcher, but they also have Jalen Samuels to do that. So I just – my question mark is who eats up or who snaps – who loses really in this running back core? Is it James Conner? Is it Benny Snell? Is it Jalen Samuels? I think Jalen Samuels definitely loses here, but also I got to think James Conner or Benny Snell loses a little bit here. And me and Jet were talking about this on my podcast yesterday. I think that maybe it's James Conner more or less that the with the past injuries he's been having. Yeah, I think that they're worried about Connor's injury history for sure. So maybe that's why they brought him in. But as you said, this is overall a pretty good draft for like all of these teams. Uh, so I, I don't think like there's no real losers here. Just if you had to pick one, it was probably the Steelers. This is my most fun division in the AFC this year. There's just so much going on. You know, obviously you had the Ravens with Lamar Jackson's MVP year last year. You've got Big Ben coming off the injury. The Browns were dysfunctional last year, but they could figure it out this year with with a whole new coaching staff. And then you bring in the number one pick in the draft in Joe Burrow. I think that this is going to be a really fun uh, division to watch. Every divisional game is much watched. Must watch TV for me. What are your thoughts on this division? Absolutely agree with that. I think the Browns, like I said, are going to have a huge bounce back here and make the Ravens work for their, that division title again. Um, can't wait to see what Baker Mayfield can do. I absolutely have him as my early MVP candidate already. Um, you know what? All that hype might end up working out for the Browns from last year because now they're going to be so slept on uh, because a lot of people have already written them off, like I said. So definitely like to see what the Browns can do. I think the Steelers getting Roethlisberger back, they're always going to be competitive if he can have a great year. I think this might be one of his last years, so he's going to go all out for that. Um, uh, the Bengals definitely going to not be the worst team in the league by far and away. I think that they're still going to end up last because they have a lot to work on still. But certainly with Joe Burrow, I think Joe Burrow can have 30 touchdowns in his rookie season and win them a few games just solely on his own. Uh, obviously, the Ravens look the best. They had another great draft class, so certainly they look like the favorites to repeat. But like I said, Cleveland and Pittsburgh are sure as hell going to give them a run for their money. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a really fun one to watch. I would have the Ravens winning it, but you never know. Like the Browns and Steelers could come on and uh, really give them a run for their money. So that wraps up the NFL draft. I want to thank you once again, Miles, for coming on. As I said, he's the head of the NFC South draft and fantasy expert for Pod. He's the host of the Institute of Drafting, which you can find on multiple platforms, as well as a contributor for Blue Collar Media Group. Shout out to those guys who uh, really help us push our, push our content. Miles, thanks again for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. And I hope I come back on soon because I love your podcast so much. And I, I can't wait to hear this episode. Sounds good. And we'll see you guys next week. It's Hayward pulling it down, getting around Zubat at midcourt, launches the shot. Oh!
almost went in. Almost went in, and Duke is the king of the dance. It's time for the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast with your favorite Canadian, Kenneth Cotterman. 